on the Middle East, our monitors podcast on the big stories in the region. My name is Ambrun Zaman, and today we'll be looking at the watershed elections that are scheduled to be held in Turkey on May the 14th. The stakes have never been so high. Should President Recep Tayyip Erdogan prevail, many believe Turkey's descent into full-blown authoritarianism, if not dictatorship, will accelerate. But after more than two decades in power, Erdogan's reign is looking shakier than it's ever been. The massive earthquakes that shook the country last month are taking their toll. With us here today to discuss these developments is Cengiz Jandar, one of Turkey's most prominent political commentators and the author of several best-selling books on the Middle East and the Kurds. So dear Cengiz, it's so wonderful to have you with us here today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure for me. So Erdogan made it official today. He uh, basically said that the elections are going to be held on May 14th, ahead of their scheduled June 18th date. So now the race starts in earnest. What do you expect to happen? Do you think that the opposition has a real chance of winning this time? And if so, why? I expect that it will be an overwhelming victory uh, for the uh, opposition. If, it's a big if still, uh, if the, 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 the elections will be done properly, because uh, the, with Erdogan at the helm of Turkey, uh, you can expect any nasty developments until the day of the election. So, but if we reach to the day of election, and although it wouldn't be a, a truly a fair and free election, uh, the result, whether uh, we can reach the date of the election uh, uh, with the candidates running, uh, the presidential candidate of, of the opposition is Kılıçdaroğlu, which was announced a couple of days ago, uh, it will be an overwhelming victory for the, the, the opposition. I have no... Uh, qualms about it. I have no any doubts about it, and uh, I think many many uh, polls will be uh, will come out uh, uh, surprisingly wrong with the election results. But uh, why I make this uh, uh, remark? It's it's it, it's it's not a big big uh, uh, question mark. Why? Um, the answer is simple. The, the earthquake in Turkey, the, the apocalyptic, I would call it. The apocalyptic earthquake has been a game changer. Even if there would be no uh, earthquake in Turkey in the magnitude that it had taken place, the territory it covered is as big as Portugal. The the, uh, the population inhabited uh, the earthquake-stricken uh, area is 14 million, uh, much more than many of the Middle Eastern countries' populations. Uh, and uh, the response of the government, the response of the regime was so slow and um, the shamefully very negative, not only slow, the way they conducted the whole thing with all the corruption, everything uh, came into open uh, and it's uh, strongly embedded in the, the subconscious of the people, the electorate. So even if there would be no um, the, earthquake in the magnitude that it has been, um, the, the, the race for the elections would be very, very tight and probably would be to the favor of the opposition. But after this earthquake, 
I think, uh, which I call it as game changer, it's, it will be an absolutely big defeat uh, for the regime. So what do you say to the counter argument that in precisely in times like this of a national disaster, people tend to rally around the state, around what's familiar, and also the fact that in some ways the government's narrative about this being an act of God and destiny is somehow resonating, particularly among the more conservative elements of uh, the areas that were affected principally places like Adiyaman, where the tariqats are very influential, Kahraman, Marash. What do you say to that? Many people in the world, especially the international media, as much as many governments seem to get used to have the omnipotent Mr. Erdogan as the president of Turkey, and they never think that he might be changed. But he will be changed, and he will be changed through the ballot box, as what had happened in Brazil and elsewhere. Uh, so uh, you cannot rule out that the, 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 the current autocrats cannot be defeated by, by the ballot box. And Turkey will be a very important turning point in that respect, going far behind what uh, the Brazil uh, elections um, the, uh, demonstrated. But coming back to your question, um, the, 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 the earthquake, when I speak of it as the game changer, that it revealed so many things. It revealed the corruption, first of all, because the, 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 the present regime in Turkey as a constituency the, in, the, in terms of its uh, capital uh, and its uh, the, uh, the vision of uh, the development relied upon construction uh, sector. Uh, mainly. And uh, from the day they have been in power in, uh, at the turn of the century, they whipped up the construction sector and uh, and uh, the, the opposition the candidate, uh, Kılıçdaroğlu, when he was speaking of 40, uh, $418 billion stolen from the people uh, with what he called as uh, the Gang of Five, meaning the construction uh, magnates around Erdogan. And uh, this cons construction uh, element in the Turkish economy, uh, which uh, uh, has a very clear uh, the image of Turkish corruption, which according to Transparency International, Turkey is 109th in terms of the corruption, which is very, very high. Uh, so the, with this uh, the earthquake, um, the, the consequences of the corruption in the construction sector is uh, displayed so open it's in, in, in the minds of the, in, in the eye in, in front of the eyes of the people so uh, referring to God uh, does not help and uh, the I mean, president... Turkish people have been witnessing corruption from you know <laughs> from time immemorial I mean and they don't seem to react to it very much that I've observed as a journalist for all these years. Um, do you really but think it, they, I mean, why is Erdogan even still in power if corruption is such a big deal for Turkey? Yeah, but, uh, we didn't have this uh, a magnet, a, a, a natural disaster of this magnitude, mm -hmm. uh, which, which made corruption is an important uh, issue uh, for the, the, uh, the lives of the people. Now, the, the, the official figure as we are having this um, the conversation right now is 47 
48,000 uh, people perished. Uh, and uh, and it most probably it's around hundred thousand. But what what one 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 thing is very uh, clear, yeah, and it's World Bank figures uh, that the, the financial cost of this earthquake is uh, hundred billion dollars, which is added to the already ongoing uh, uh, the deep economic and financial crisis Turkey has been witnessing. So when all these uh, elements uh, they, they come together, then the corruption that the Turkish population didn't uh, pay much attention in making their political choices, all of a sudden becomes a very, very important issue, uh, the, uh, shaping up their uh, political uh, the choices when uh, they, they are asked. And uh, they will be asked in two months' time, May 14th, and if we recall uh, the, another devastating earthquake, although it was not as big as the magnitude of this one at the end of uh, the last century in the year 1999, uh, if we uh, remember the result, and it was again an economic, uh, the, the dire stress that Turkey had been facing, and uh, uh, the, 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 the consequence uh, of the that earthquake, which was followed by an election only after three years, uh, ended up Mr. Erdogan's parties coming to power uh, with parliamentary majority and uh, the wiping out of uh, three parties who were in government uh, from the parliament. So, if you just, uh, if we just recall this and project it to the upcoming elections. I think we, we, we can uh, come to a conclusion why an overwhelming majority for the opposition is expected. You say that, and it's true, um, but let's not forget that Erdogan was an incredibly compelling candidate. And, you know, whatever we may think of him, he truly is one of the most remarkable uh, politicians Turkey has seen uh, in its modern history, one of the most gifted one of the most charismatic, and he still retains some of that, you know, even after all these long years and after being, you know, facing so many challenges. And before him now is Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu, who many people tend to think is rather colorless, uncharismatic, mild-mannered, and isn't really fit to run against this firebrand. What do you think? of Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu as a candidate? And does, does it really matter who is running against Erdogan so much as presenting a united front, which again, the opposition wobbled quite a bit recently with Meral Akshiner and her theatrics? Well, um, I think this is uh, uh, the talk of uh, some intellectuals in Turkey just making a comparison between Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu, which is not a very impressive figure, uh, with the charismatic figure of uh, Erdogan when uh, um, both are compared. But uh, it's true what you have said, that Erdogan is a very shrewd politician, and he, he has been a veteran statesman. Uh, uh, as long as uh, he who is in power, as long as Putin is, it's nearly two decades now, is in power. Everybody around the globe memorized his name. And uh, the, uh, but uh, uh, there is uh, a feeling uh, which is, uh, uh, I think, predominant in Turkey nowadays is enough is enough. 
because this man with all his charisma and shrewdness and cunningness and uh, strong leadership uh, uh, capacities led Turkey into a disaster economically, foreign policy-wide. He polarized the, 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 the country. If there would be uh, no, some uh, uh, common sense among the people, Turkey is very close for a civil war in terms of the polarization he pumped into the society. And uh, it's an ailing economy uh, under Erdogan. And uh, why should the Turkish people look at him and compare with uh, the unimpressive Kılıçdaroğlu and opt for somebody who is running the country since two decades and, uh, and the country is on the brink of a total collapse. Uh, and and one, one thing to the favor of Kılıçdaroğlu, I, I should say that he has the chance of winning because he's just the opposite of being unimpressive is his choice favor, actually. Well, also the man is, as far as I know, and I've been following him very closely all these years, is, you know, squeaky clean. There is nothing yes. that they found on him in terms of corruption. He leads a very modest life. I've been to his home in Ankara, had tea with his wife in their kitchen, and everything was old, the fridge, the stove. Um, I, should, I should add one more thing, what you have said, that uh, I think that he's un underestimated in the sense that he patched up this coalition of six parties. And in Turkey, when you, the, 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 in the Turkish political culture, compromise. Uh, and concession are synonymous as treason and sellout. <laughs> so we don't this this in the in the Turkish political culture this tradition of um, constructing coalitions and keeping them. So I, I totally agree with you, and I think people have been underestimating him from day one. The guy managed to survive at the helm of this very fractious party that's full of intrigue and you know people were trying to trip him up at every turn in this latest episode we just saw how you know strong and steady he stood and called Akshenar's bluff uh beneath that mild demeanor I believe rests a very strong-willed determined man so I, I tend to agree with you Jengis, on that but let's turn now to the real kingmakers of this election because you know Akshenar could have kind of been something of that nature if she'd played her cards well, but she didn't. So really, the Kurds remain the main kingmakers in this election. What do you predict they will do? Are they going to back Kılıçdaroğlu? And do you think that they'll field their own candidate in the hope of, um, you know, having a runoff in which then they'll have even greater leverage uh, bargaining power? Or will they just say, hey, we got to sew this up in the first round? Well, the Kurds, in terms of their political representation, is the most suave and the most politicized segment of the Turkish uh, political spectrum. And uh, very recently also, they proved to be very realistic, very flexible, very perceptive uh, in their um, the attitude vis-a-vis -vis, uh, the presidential election and general elections. If we take uh, the, the, the statements of two people, who might be representative, how Kurds would be uh, acting. One is the former um, uh, co-chair of the, the HDP, the pro-Kurdish party, who is in prison, Selahattin Demirtas, and the current co-chair, Mithat Sanjar. 
in the in in, in the course of the last few days they made very strong statements uh, with a very strong uh, 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 implications that they might be supporting uh, uh, Kamal Kılıçdaroğlu for presidency and they would not feel their own candidate and even uh, they, they are so uh, uh, seemingly energetic to mobilize uh, the, their um, the electorate uh, to get Kılıçdaroğlu elected in the first round. So not to let the presidential election um, to be tested for a, a second round. And the Kurdish vote was decisive in the, the Istanbul uh, municipal elections, uh, local elections in the year 2019. And even uh, the, the Erdogan and the people in power tried to enlist Öcalan uh, to their side. Uh, but um, the, nevertheless, Selahattin Demirtaş's message and the, the, the perception of the Kurdish electorate in Istanbul, which is a fairly high number, which could be decisive for anybody running yeah, against Erdogan. Yeah, the world's Erdogan's largest Kurdish city, right? Istanbul, the world's largest Kurdish city. Yeah, two million Kurds. So, so the same ratio, if we project into Turkey, uh, makes Kurds a very decisive element uh, for the, the fate of the elections. And uh, uh, until now, uh, the Kurds uh, proved themselves to be a very strong constituency, which goes uh, the, to the direction uh, their the leadership asks them to do. And, uh, and their leadership, if we uh, accept Demirtas, and to a certain extent formally, uh, the co-chair um, of the HDP, they are very, very uh, 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 overtly uh, uh, supportive of uh, Kılıçdaroğlu and they went to the extra length saying that they are not making any bargaining and they are not asking for any ministerial post even if the opposition, opposition wins the elections. They just underline that uh, they are for a common ground uh, regarding the, the the promotion of human rights, democratic rights, and liberties. And Kılıçdaroğlu also responded to them uh, favorably. And one thing we have to take into mind that at the end of the day, Kurds' uh, political position is a reflection of their identity. And we should now take into consideration that Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu is ethnically a Kurd. So, uh, and he's yeah, very he aware of broadcast that. And, aware of <laughs> yeah, it's it's so so. You know, Erdogan is as we wisely know, he doesn't broadcast. This yeah, much. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> though though I did get him to say I he is an Alevi when I was working for Habertürk. In fact, uh, that was headline. Well, he didn't say Kurd, but he said, yes, I'm an Alevi, and so what? <laughs> Indeed, so what? He's from Dersim. Dersim is a very special symbolic element in the Kurdish... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. question. And he's from a family of uh, of sheikhs, of uh, uh, peers, you know, where he's a spiritual, yeah. very big, the Quraishan yes. tribe. So yes. Erdogan, the brilliant strategist, and sometimes not so brilliant strategist. Do you think he can do a big U-turn and sort of 
get pull out Ujjalan from his isolation, promise him the moon, and then get Ujjalan to lead his flock towards the AKP? I, I, I don't think so. What do you think? Well, yes, to uh, the, the, well, the, on his flank, uh, when we speak of Erdogan, uh, we also imply that there is some elements of the Turkish nationalist deep state plus the, the, the traditional uh, extremist uh, uh, racist even, uh, which racist undertones, the, the, the nationalists of Devlet uh, Bahçeli, and also the, some elements who are represented uh, the, of the deep state bye-bye uh, the name Doğu Perinçek. And these figures made very uh, clear uh, statements in the offending the PKK, uh, Öcalan, and, and, and the Kurds in general. So the, I wonder how uh, uh, Erdogan would go uh, that extra mile while keeping uh, his allies uh, on board. That's well, a it's quite mystifying, though. But given the, 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 given, the, 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 uh, the uh, given an Erdogan in terms of uh, pragmatism, some frontier without any frontiers, it is not uh, unplausible totally okay. what you have seen. But, but I mean, what seems odd to me is that he would even still stick with Bahçeli, who's just melting, isn't he? I mean, his poll numbers are just dropping. Yes. Um, what, what use is he ultimately to Erdogan? But it's a, it's a coalition of nationalists, the Erdogan's power. And when I spoke of the... the state or deep state it's not that much deep anymore the, the turkish state and the deep state it's the shallow probably. state <laughs> yeah it's, it's very close to each other the layers now okay that, that that's the nationalist uh, the bureaucratic security uh, structure of the turkish state which is very anti-urgent and anti-pkk and uh, they are the main allies of uh, Erdogan as well. So it's not only a matter of how many votes MHP may get, whether it's melting or not. It's it's the structure of the regime, whether they will let Erdogan uh, to to take such a dramatic step. It is not totally it is not totally uh, out of question. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say that. Uh, I I wouldn't expect that move from Erdogan. He can do that. But um, he, he did a similar move, not uh, at the same uh, level that you are uh, bringing it up during the uh, 2019, during the local elections in Istanbul. It didn't work. So no. Öcalan was a golden bullet. Unless he sets free Öcalan <laughs> in two, two months' time, <laughs> that uh, golden bullet is a bit, bit uh, difficult, I think, for him to do that. And if anything, Erdogan is in total isolation right now. Um, nobody's had any contact with him for years, literally. It's, it's, of course, under international law, it's a huge violation, but that's a whole different topic. Uh, final question, if he doesn't, you know, free Erdogan, uh, he could also do the opposite. He could invade Syria again. 
And uh, do you think that's likely? Uh, to expect an operation in, in that uh, sense, uh, while the, he was very much criticized not uh, letting the Turkish armed forces to, uh, to be involved in the rescue operations in the regions uh, the adjacent to Syria during the earthquake, and now sending the army in, into, into Syria, it's, it's too uh, obvious that uh, it's a very dirty game uh, to get some votes. So mm -hmm. he's exposed, he's late for doing that and he's too much exposed for this tactic and it, it, it won't work. It, it, won't, uh, it won't bring uh, the votes for him. But then, then there's of course the Putin factor and we know that in some respects, Putin almost links his own survival to that of Erdogan. And he obviously really wants Erdogan to carry on. So they could yet cook up something in Syria, no? Possible, but it's very speculative, and time is very short. The elections will be in uh, two months' time, and uh, but we you can reverse the question. Uh, also, the Erdogan needs Putin for his survival, and Putin is a difficult position. He couldn't get over uh, even the Bakhmut front in Ukraine. So the both autocrats are uh, in an unenviable situation, both of them. Well, on that hopeful note, dear Cengiz, we'll end this conversation, though I, I'm sure we'll be having many more in private and on the air. Uh, so talk to you soon, Cengiz. Thanks for coming on our program. I thank you, hopefully. And this brings us to the end of another episode of On the Middle East. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Cengiz. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.